Welcome to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Farah Rosenzweig, Head of Content Marketing at WorkRamp. Farah, it's so great to have you on the show. Hi, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Me too. We're going to have a great chat. First, tell us about where you work, a little bit about WorkRamp, what you guys are all about. So WorkRamp is the all-in-one learning platform that executives, employees, and customers all love. Um, WorkRamp advances learning as a growth engine for businesses with a flexible platform that really empowers your team to develop top talent, and it also helps exceed revenue targets and helps inspire customers to eventually become brand advocates. All of that sounds really good. And uh, I mean, any company could use that, right? At any time in your career or personal life, whatever your goals are, you're constantly learning in a work environment, you know, having a platform that helps your employees learn skill sets just in advance what knowledge they need for their career is valuable. So why not have some sort of platform that allows your team to develop skills while also leveraging that platform for different departments, you know, sales enablement and also customer education. So because you're not going to have a business if your customers don't know how to use your product. So it's really a great platform. Internally, our company uses it for us when we have new product launches to learn how to use product. We've used it for onboarding. I've built stuff for my team you know, for different trends going on in the content marketing world and just different processes for us all to be on the same page. So it's really cool. It's easy to use. And, you know, we're always learning. So share with our audience now something, a memorable marketing moment, something you've learned either recently or maybe not so recently that you think is worth sharing with our audience. Oh, I've had a handful of memorable marketing moments. I, I would say this is probably a memorable marketing moment for myself because it was a really important lesson. I, I made a flub. I was moving too fast, wasn't paying attention to things, that what I was doing, essentially. I had created a newsletter. It was in, I thought it was in draft mode, and I put it in the system that we sent newsletters out, and whoops, I sent it to a million people <laughs> and it was only a draft. So that was you know, a memorable marketing moment for me because A, I made a mistake and it helped, it helped me realize what not to do to slow down. But, you know, as far as like what a memorable moment, like a high win or something that I'm proud of is, um, well, there's a few. <laughs> Early on in my career, I was fortunate enough to, I, I worked uh, in production and I worked on a, a program where we earned a really great award. So I guess like that's memorable for myself because it helped me learn how to work as a team. And it doesn't take one person to do something well. It it really takes a team and collaboration to create something unique, valuable, and also memorable where other people recognize that. So I would say that's a, a memorable moment for myself. Now, you know, a, a lot of times in this podcast, we do pre-interview calls just like we did. And, you know, I'll, I'll ask, what are some of your biggest challenges? And I'd say nine times out of 10, maybe even 10 times out of 10, 
one of the challenges is always, you know, cutting through the noise, just differentiating because there's so much content out there and it's all too easy for a lot of it to just kind of blend together, you know? So what really came to the foreground when we were talking the other week or so is how to differentiate your content. And you had some really good examples of how you guys go about doing that. And one of them was when it comes to writing, using a sort of journalistic approach to written mm -hmm. content. So let's talk about that a little bit. So first, just what does that mean? Back to your statement, there's so much content out there. And so as someone who loves content, whether, you know, I think it's good or not, I just, A, have to say hats off to people that are trying to put content out there. It shows that content's very important. But that said, how do you know if it's good or not? Good can be subjective, as m most content is subjective. But really, what, how my approach and my philosophy to make it different is I go back to what did I learn early on in my career about making good content when I was working at a magazine. And it's, hey, you have to be a, a good writer, strong writer, have your sources, cite your facts. You need to be unbiased. So for the past 15 plus years working in this field, I've used that approach. That's how I was trained. And it really has helped make the content that I create different. So that's what I've used to help mentor my team of writers on how to make their content different. So back to journalistic approach. Most journalism, and I say most because nowadays a lot of people have opinions. Traditionally, journalists are not supposed to have opinions. It's just take the facts, put it on paper. When we're coming up with the story, the angle, we're first just looking at what are the facts that we want to put on paper to inform our customers. So, or not even customers, just people who are reading our content. So it's, it's laying out, you know, answering the basic questions. What is this? How does it help? You know, why is it important? The who, what, when, where, why is and how is we answer that. Now, we're not going to answer that just based off of our research and use our opinion on it. We're actually using the subject matter experts in the field. We're using studies. We're using actual data from different reputable sources, not Wikipedia, a Forrester report or something and that comes from, you know, science-backed research, essentially. So we're, we're laying down the law, we're putting the facts in there, and then and we'll get quotes from subject matter experts, people who have many years in that space. Because they have that experience, they know a thing or two, and that's who we want to be able to trust. So when we use a journalistic approach, we're really putting the facts down there, and then we're expanding the facts by bringing in these reputable sources and, and different interviews. So that's one thing from a journalistic approach. We're interviewing, we're doing our research. We don't just say, here's a topic out of thin air. Let's write a thousand words around it and fill it with SEO fluff and not do our research, but only based off of our experience. That's like a a hundred percent no. If any writer turns that into me like that, we just exit and send it back. So that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, when you're reading a newspaper or something, it has a catchy headline. It's drawing your attention. So we want to make sure we have something that draws the reader's attention with a strong title, but 
not a clickbait title. We want it to be direct. We want it to be authentic and real. We don't want to lose trust with readers. And we want to have a strong introduction paragraph. This is probably my stickler. If you have a lazy one sentence opening, you're, it's going to be boring to read. So we really want our writers to think outside the box and have a strong lead and follow that up with some facts. So when we're creating our story, we really use the traditional journalism approach and outline and all that stuff. I mean, I come from a journalism background, too. So I'm right there with you. And that's a tried and true method in journalism for not, not only presenting information in a clear and sort of matter-of-fact way, but also in a way that can be really engaging and tell a good story, right? Because journalists are trained in telling a story and keeping you reading to get to the next bit. So, and that that's really what you're going for. I, I think a lot of journalists end up being good marketers, you know, or good marketing writers because they're trained to do that kind of stuff. I agree with your statement there because they're thinking with a different lens opposed to blogging where I love blogging. I love anyone who takes a stab at bloggers hats off to, you know, putting your thoughts on paper. That's a really hard thing to do. The difference is I'd say like eight out of 10 times bloggers are opinionated. They're throwing their emotion into the story, which is great. It's inspiring. It's another type of writing. But in a B2B world, we don't really need to throw emotion in there. We, we don't need to, you know, be opinionated in that stuff. We want to just, hey, lay down the facts, let people make a decision and help them really understand the decision by giving them factual things. That's, that's how you build trust with people instead of being biased. So we, we, want, we want to build that trust. And I'm sure I think it differs a little bit from industry to industry. Like, you know, there's definitely a lot of discussion on in places like LinkedIn that I see about making that emotional connection, e even in the B2B space. But there are many different ways to do that. And I think it still needs to be fact-based, you know, and research-based. The two don't have to be mutually exclusive, maybe, right? Like you can put content out there that touches on people's emotions while also being fact-based and, you know, perfectly reputable and trustworthy. Oh, 100%. I mean, by the examples you put out there, that's one way to show emotion. And just the word choices you use also helps paint that emotion and really can touch someone in a way. So it's being smart about the words you use, writing more in an active voice than passive voice. You know, some of, some of the stuff is like, Let's go back to elementary school writing and, you know, dig deep in the trenches <laughs> to figure out what did we learn about basic writing and showing not telling type scenarios. So you can really take that approach. I think that's one way how we create unique content. And I that's my philosophy also, that it will make your content high quality, stand out from other people's writing, that type of stuff. So now you guys also use Gong, right? The great company, that technology that allows you to record or listen in on sales calls, right? Say a little bit about that, how you guys as marketers use that to create better content. Yeah. Um, here at WorkRamp, it was my first time digging into Gong. I, I've heard of them, but I never had to use it. And what we do as a marketing team is we set on our calendar about an hour a week 
everyone at the same time, I think it's like at nine o'clock a.m. Wednesdays, like we have a block on our calendar and that's dedicated time for all of us to listen to customer calls, gong calls. So what that allows us to do is really understand the, the buyer's journey what their pain points are. Uh, so if someone, if it's their very first call with someone on the sales team, you know, just learning a little bit about the what WorkRamp does, you know, very high level, you're able to really understand what their company's pain points are. And then you can follow their journey along from all the way from the initial call through demo and the purchase call. So you, you're you're hearing their pain points. You're hearing what they like. You hear what they don't like. You might not hear what the competitor that they're looking at is, but they might say, "Oh, how come a different brand does this and not you doing that?" Blah blah blah. So you, it's great. You're hearing firsthand what your ideal target audience want and what they need, what their confusions are. So from a marketing standpoint, that's how we can then solve problems. Right? We're we're trying to educate people in a fun, creative way, draw them to our website, draw them to push that demo request button. So how do we do that if we have no idea what's going on in their brain, if we have no idea what the organization's problems are or anything like that? So we're able to go in a gong as a marketing team and listen to that. Now, from the content team, we take it a little step further. We do a, a regular content team sync weekly. And it's usually the first week or the first day of the week, you know, we're, we're planning our editorial stuff. We're trying to figure out who's subject matter experts and stuff. And then we talk about what are some new trends that we're seeing in customer calls? What are some pain points? What, you know, we're asking these questions, we're looking at our notes. And that's when we come up with different ideas, or I should say different solutions that we can write about for the following few weeks. So it's really cool because we're getting firsthand. We're not hearing it through middle people at all. Or, and we're not guessing either. It's literally, here's what they need. Here's, you know, we heard it from the recording. We're creating our content and making it unique because it's really created mm -hmm. for the, the buyer journey, you know, helping solve problems and uh, helping our marketing yeah. team educate people. Like you said, I think you made a good point. You're not just guessing about what that journey looks like. You're hearing it directly from the people who are on the journey, telling you, here's what we care about. Here's what we're frustrated with. Totally. And, you know, again, content needs to be of value. You have to give, you can't just put fluff out there. You can't just make it whatever's going on in your brain. It's not going to resonate to your target audience. So if you're giving value, you literally, the headline is answering whatever question they just asked the week before. They're like, wait a minute, we're kind of like that fly on the wall. We're hearing things and then we're answering it. That I, I really love because prior to creating content and getting the ideas from different organizations where I worked prior to WorkRamp, we did reach out to customers or we'd have to get on our social media and kind of follow them along. And, and we're guessing because we didn't actually listen to them. If we were able to get on a customer interview call, then we had the facts right there from that call. But not every customer wants to get on a hop on a Zoom or a phone call with the content team. So everyone's busy. 
So that's really what I love about Gong is we're not wasting people's time. It's listening to what the conversations are and pulling that information and creating our stories from that. And we're able to, Gong has some really cool features. I'm Every time I'm in there, I'm learning something new, but we're able to have some keywords, track those keywords. So we have, uh, if there's a new call that week and someone had mentioned that phrase that we're trying to track, we can automatically go in there and it, and pull that information out. So it saves us a lot of time as well. Okay. Well, Farah, there's so much more that I want to talk about with you. And in fact, I have more questions that I want to ask, but we're kind of running out of time. So we're going to need to wrap things up, but I just want to thank you because we, we got some you know great insight from you and really good content. So thank you so much for your time and uh, really appreciate it. Really enjoyed our conversation. Of course. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It's been great talking with you. And anytime you want to talk more about content marketing, I'm happy to chat. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.